back to the 7 Dev Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Freeman, and in this podcast, we talk about how to hack your software development career. And that could be things like projects you're working on, tools to use, interviewing for jobs, whatever it may be. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about hacking your development workflow with AI. So obviously, artificial intelligence or at least AI-based tools like ChatGPT and GitHub Copilot really change the way that we work as software developers. And in this podcast, I'm going to give you some tips on how to get started with that, tools I think you should use, tools that aren't quite ready, and everything in between. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. You can find a link at podcast.7.dev with links to all of the podcast apps that you may use. And with that, let's jump into it. So about a year ago, I remember the first time I saw GitHub Copilot, I thought to myself, oh, that's nifty, but I probably wouldn't use that too much. doesn't seem like it's going to be super useful. And boy, I couldn't have been more wrong. GitHub Copilot in particular has been probably the single biggest unlock for my productivity as a developer in a really long time. Probably the last time that I got such a big benefit in my productivity was, I suppose, maybe switching from the JavaScript framework I, I used before, which is called Ember, to, to, to React.js, which really unlocked a lot of productivity for me in terms of what I could build really quickly. And Copilot's a totally different thing, right? It's not a framework. It's literally like a, a plugin built into my VS code, but it has really changed the way that I write code. So much so that recently I was taking a little road trip and I was sitting in the passenger seat trying to get some work done while my wife was driving. And I realized I was so dependent on Copilot that I found myself worrying that I had forgotten how to code. And it turns out I didn't really forget how to code, but I was so much slower in writing code that I had this feeling of, wow, am I actually bad at programming? And I still got the task done, you know, exactly as I would have without Copilot. But the sort of unlock of allowing it to do a lot of the typing for you basically is is really incredible. The reason I start with Copilot is I think it's probably the first thing for developers that they will find themselves getting a lot of benefit out of. There, of course, is ChatGPT and there's all kinds of other tools. And in this episode, we'll go through them. But I want to start with the very sort of core loop of programming, which is writing code. Now, of course, you can talk about the architecture aspect of it and we'll get into that. But for writing code, I basically think that getting Copilot is it's a must have if you're interested in exploring this space. Now, there are a lot of local tools. I just saw a thing just last night, I believe it was, called Local Pilot, where someone is taking some of these other models, like uh, Llama Code, I think is what it's called. I'll put a link to that in the description as well, where they basically recreate GitHub Copilot locally with your own local model. And I've heard that some of these are decent. They're not at all as fast as GitHub Copilot. And I think Copilot definitely still has the upper hand here. But the downside to that is you pay a, a monthly subscription. I think it's $10 a month to access it. In my mind, that is totally worth it for the amount of work you can get done. I can't recommend it enough. But there are some interesting tools in the sort of local space, running things locally on your computer or just on a server that you own that are going to be pretty interesting and potentially appealing here in the next couple of years. So Copilot is the first thing that I would recommend people get into. But I think most people are somewhat familiar with ChatGPT. And I actually think there's some interesting things with ChatGPT that go beyond the initial, the chat interface. And I guess maybe when I say ChatGPT, both ChatGPT and the GPT API itself, I think every developer should probably be signed up to the OpenAI developer interface and get an API key and start to be able to plug it in places because the API is super powerful. I would say it's probably the single most powerful API I've ever used in my life in terms of what it can do and the sort of potential of different things it can tackle. I use it all the time for all kinds 
kinds of different things, but we'll get into that shortly. Let, let's talk about ChatGPT first. As a developer, I think ChatGPT is really excellent at doing a couple things. First, it's very good at, and especially the GPT-4, just assume that you're using GPT-4 for most things, but if you're not, uh, 3.5 does the same thing, generally just not as well. GPT-4, another thing, honestly, I think is worth the price of admission if you need to pay for the, the subscription. I use all of these so much that I, I think they're definitely worth it. In terms of explaining your thinking or questioning assumptions on technical related topics, I think GPT is really incredible. So say you're building a project, and I'll give you an example of this. I had an application I needed to build for, for iPhone that was just a personal tool for some health tracking, and I have no experience in app development at all. But I was able to use GPT to sketch out the initial design, including the technical aspects, sitting down and saying, I have this data that I need to capture. It needs to be in this format. I'm going to take it. I'm going to put it into SQL later on. How do I build an application that allows me to capture that? And also, I want to write using Swift UI, which is the particular toolkit that I was going to use. And it was able to give me some sample code. It was able to talk to me about how I was going to build it in a way that is just beyond anything really that I uh, had seen before. It wasn't a sort of hodgepodge collection of Stack Overflow answers and blog posts that I had found, though those definitely served their purpose at some point. It was like an actual explanation of how I want to build things with my current context in mind. And it was really, uh, really amazing. Now, obviously, I switched over to Copilot eventually to write the actual code and use that loop of writing and getting Copilot output back and stuff like that. But GPT was great at that initial that initial problem. Once I had written that code, I actually came back to GPT because I had the SQL data that I didn't really know what to do with. I'm not a big SQL expert. And I was able to ask, again, GPT-4 and say, hey, I have this data. I need to know these questions about it. Can you write me some code to generate SQL? And this is like another small thing, but first it generated Python code, which is fine. I'm somewhat familiar with Python, but I'm mostly a Ruby dev. And I said, can you rewrite this in Ruby? And it was able to just totally change it over, uh, which is really amazing. Yeah, really cool stuff. GPT can also be really useful for some stuff that I think is like a, my sort of general thesis right now with GPT-4 is that it's quite good at these like data-driven tasks. I don't think like the stuff where people are using it to be their therapist or whatever, I, I find that a little creepy and I'm not super into that. But from a technical perspective, it's very good at these sorts of tasks. Another thing that I actually just posted a tweet about that I will put a link to in the description as well is using GPT for translation. I recently acquired a Shopify app called Reporty. It's reporty.app and it's a Rails application that has a lot of text in it in the dashboard and stuff like that. And so uh, Rails has this whole internationalization toolkit where you can basically give it strings in English and then also provide those same strings based on the same key in other languages and it will be able to shift the language over and translate on the fly based on whatever region someone is accessing from. And so I actually uh, just wrote a pretty simple prompt in GPT where I explained here's the format of what's coming in. This is going to be this translation string. It's a YAML file. It has a bunch of these little pieces of English text in them. And I need you to translate this into, say, uh, Spanish and do it keeping these strings have to be the same because these are the keys that we use to actually access the text, but then translate this part of it. And then also rewrite the YAML file so that we know it's Spanish or whatever. You can see the screenshots I put in the tweet. And, and GPT was great at this. I actually used it in the example to translate to Japanese. And then I reached out to a coworker of mine who is Japanese and lives in Japan and asked, hey, are these actually any good? And he said, the translations are really good. They're very appropriate tone for a dashboard. They're like professional, but 
not too businessy. So I was really impressed by that. That's another great use of GPT in sort of a developer technical context. The final thing that I'll uh, talk about is the idea of building net new projects with GPT. This is something I've gotten into and uh, find really interesting and useful. And that's sort of remixing both GPT 3.5 and GPT 4, putting them together to make stuff. An example of this is using it to write content. So I've actually used GPT to build an alternative to, there's there's a lot of these services out here that are doing programmatic SEO content using GPT. So basically I give it a keyword and it's able to generate a sort of text, like a draft of a blog post or something like that based on that keyword. And the problem with that, it's a great idea, especially for me as I'm trying to build a content site over a 7.dev, but it's super expensive. It's $20 a blog post or something like that. So what I did is I built my own version of this using a combination of node tooling and the GPT API, where basically I give it a keyword, it goes and does a bunch of research on that keyword, it generates a table of contents, both based on other popular articles, like what kind of things are other people talking about with this keyword, and then also some of its own internal knowledge about SEO that I've provided, which is here are the things that you need in a table of contents, here's the structure that we use when we write blog posts, and then after it's put all those together, it uses GPT-4 to actually write a draft of the article. And so this is like a total, as opposed to integrating with existing projects or how to build like architecture and stuff like that. This is fully driven by GPT, a net new project that is all in JavaScript that is writing content drafts using GPT. And I've found a ton of success with this. It's allowed me to write a lot more, taking those drafts and editing them and adding my flavor into them, right? Of things that I find interesting or say it's learn how to use X, it's a new framework or tool or something. I can come in and, and explain like why this is useful from the human perspective, but a lot of this sort of other stuff is coming from a draft based on what things people are actually interested in based on the keyword. Now there's a whole sort of domain of AI stuff that I haven't really explored yet, which is stuff around video and audio. Ironically enough, as someone who makes daily videos, makes podcasts and stuff, I'm not super interested in that because I actually think that it's one of the few creative things that shouldn't be AI. So anything text-driven, whether that's code or like technical writing, I think is totally fair game for ChatGPT or Copilot or whatever. But for me, I just feel like, for instance, if I replaced this podcast with AI, I don't feel like that's great. No one really enjoys listening to it. Maybe someday it'll be interesting enough, but I, I don't quite see the point if you're going to abstract that away. Same with video. I do think there's probably some like advertising type videos that don't have talking heads that could be AI generated. But in terms of like my Instagram reels that I do, which are kind of me talking to the camera, I can't ever imagine why I would want to switch that to AI. I think that's defeats the purpose of being able to, I don't know, watch video of other people and make a connection. This goes the same thing. I'd really, things I don't understand. Maybe I'm too old now, even though I'm 30. I, <laughs> maybe I'm too old for this stuff, but it's the same thing as like the Twitch, like animated characters streaming on Twitch. I just don't really get it. I, I don't think any of that stuff um, is something that I would find appealing. There are certainly a lot of interesting tools out there for that kind of stuff, though. I've seen a lot of really interesting voice AI generation stuff. That's really interesting. It's just not something that I know a ton about. And for the focus of this podcast, which is for developers, I'm not sure it's as relevant as Copilot or ChatGPT, but it's certainly interesting. So I'd love to know what kind of tools you're using in uh, your software development for doing uh, sort of AI-driven stuff. Let me know. Go to at 7.dev on Twitter or Instagram or wherever else and send me a DM there. I'll also put a link to my personal Twitter if you want to reach out in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this and you want to see more stuff from me and from 7dev, you can go 
to at seven dot dev seven d o t d e v on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and particularly check out our YouTube where I try to do one sort of long form course or uh, guide every single month. The most recent one I did was a GitHub Copilot course called GitHub Copilot Mastery that people are seeming to enjoy, which is great and obviously very relevant to this episode. So if you find this stuff interesting and you haven't used Copilot and you want to get into it, go to our YouTube, just search 7.dev GitHub Copilot and you can find that video. I think it's about 20, 30 minutes long and it will show you everything you need to know to get started with GitHub Copilot. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. You can go to podcast.7.dev and you can join whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or whatever you may use. Uh, You can subscribe and make sure you get every episode that we release every Wednesday in your podcast inbox, so to speak. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.